Just Man's the Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Just Man's the Podcast. It is your host, Amanda. If you guys are new here, welcome. Hi, so glad you guys are here. Thank you for being here. I know there's a lot going on in the world, but this episode is going to be different and it's different than the content that I usually cover. And I'm happy that you guys stopped by to listen to what I have to say and be a part of the dialogue because I think it's important right now. I was really struggling with whether I wanted to put out a new podcast episode this week or, you know, just refrain from putting anything out because I felt like my voice necessarily didn't deserve to be heard right now. And I was having trouble figuring out how I could use this platform, this podcast space in the best way possible to support the Black Lives Movement right now. I finally came to the conclusion that I do have a voice and I do have a platform and the way that I can contribute to the movement going on right now is to use my platform to hold space for the black community and talk about the national revolutionary dialogue that we are discussing, you know, in our homes with our friends, whether it's protesting. And so I felt like just coming on here and sharing. The first thing I want to say is please make sure you guys are still taking precautions and are aware that we are still in a global health pandemic. And I am in no way saying don't go protest because I fully, fully, fully support the peaceful protesting that's going on. However, I'm just here to remind you guys, please wear masks, please use hand sanitizer, wash your hands, do everything that the CDC and the WHO is saying because it's still really important that we're being considerate of our vulnerable and more susceptible community members. I also know that the director of the CDC recommended that protesters get tested around three to five days after protesting. So yeah, I don't want to tell you guys what to do, but I feel like it would be a good idea to not only take care of yourselves and get tested to just make sure you guys are all good and healthy, but just to Again, be mindful and be considerate of the people in our communities that might not handle this virus like you would. So the first thing I want to say is this isn't about me, and I know that. And that's why I was really struggling with whether I should even come on the podcast and create the dialogue that I wanted to create on here. However, I realized that in order for me to be a better ally to the Black community, I need to understand the why. I need to notice what habits and what implicit biases and what white privilege really means to me in my personal life and how those things play a role so that I could understand the how, the how can I help, how can I do better. And I really wanted to come on here and discuss that too because I feel like a lot of my white friends or white people that I follow on Instagram are having kind of the same struggles that I had about a week ago and up until this point, I mean, I'm still kind of struggling to find the words, but I'm learning that trying is better. But I've noticed that a lot of white individuals are struggling with how to find space in this 
movement and how to do their best and how to participate and have a role and be an ally. And again, it's not a black person's place or obligation to tell you how to do that. So I think it's really important to take a second and process your thoughts and For me, I really needed to pinpoint the areas in my life where I could improve before I really could think about how I could improve. So yeah, while I was struggling to, uh, you know, make, make a decision about putting a podcast episode out this week, I just really feel like if I can use this platform to not only amplify unheard voices, but also help other people understand why these voices that have been unheard for so long need to be heard, then I'm going to do that. And if that means that I share a little bit of the, the thoughts that have been going on in my mind and the way that I've been absorbing and learning and listening, then I'm going to do that. So this episode is not going to be perfect. I am not promising to say the right things or have all the answers, but this is me committing to trying. So I want to talk about allyship and what that means. I, like I said, have been really trying to look inward and understand what feels the most comfortable for me, what feels the most natural for me on being an ally to the black community. And, you know, I think something that we're struggling to promote throughout this whole movement is that that looks different for every individual. So some might be using their voice to protest. Some might be using their voice to donate. Some correct their family and their friends' behaviors. Others correct their own behaviors. And some people take more time. Some people act fast. And I think we all need to do a better job at being more compassionate towards people and their own way of processing because I feel like implicit biases and racism that we might not have even realized found its way into our lives, that isn't something that can be unpacked overnight. So I guess I just wanted to highlight the fact that everyone goes through things and processes things differently and I feel like we all need to realize that instead of being so quick to judge somebody or being so quick to call someone out or being so quick to tell somebody how to process because that's not fair. And honestly, it's going to go in one ear and out the other. If you try and tell somebody to do this or do that, when one, that might not be that the way, the way that they function, it might not feel natural to them. And also it might just take a little bit of time. And if they're not ready to hear it, they're not going to receive it well. I'm not saying that they shouldn't hear it, but I think that we all need to do a little bit better at just recognizing the fact that some people might be taking a little bit of time, taking longer than others, or contributing to this movement in a completely different way. I guess I just want to say if you're listening out there and you're struggling with finding a way to help and just exist and and find your role in this whole movement. I think what I want to say is really take some time, you know, get off of social media, maybe not even talk to your friends about it for a second if this is something that you really need to 
mull over in your own head. So figure out, you know, what this means to you, what this all means to you. Go Really go inward and do it alone. I mean, it's good to talk, but I feel like when you're trying to sort through how you want to best act and put your best foot forward, you need to do that alone because like I said, it looks different for everybody. So I'm just encouraging everybody to really do the work in their personal lives and stay true to that because I think something that we all can get caught up in is doing the trendy thing. And that's another thing I want to stress is inclusivity is not a trend. Black Lives Matter is not a trend. It's a right. And I don't think that using your voice in the most trendy way or in the way that most people are is something you should really be concerning yourself with. I think you just need to do the work in your personal life and make sure that whatever feels most right and most natural to you, that you're honoring that. I want to take a moment to read something that really hit me because it brought new perspective and fresh perspective. It's a piece written by Leslie Dwight, and I saw it on Instagram. It says, what if 2020 isn't canceled? What if 2020 is the year we've been waiting for? A year so uncomfortable, so painful, so scary, so raw that it finally forces us to grow. A year that screams so loud, finally awakening us from our ignorant slumber. A year we finally accept the need for change, declare change, work for change, become the change. A year we finally band together instead of pushing each other farther apart. 2020 isn't canceled, but rather the most important year of them all. I felt like including that because my biggest goal in life is to continue to grow as an individual and promote the growth of other people and get people to be uncomfortable, put themselves out there, do things that they're not used to doing, but things that are going to promote change. And I think that's the most important thing that we need right now is we need to be uncomfortable. You know, maybe 2020, the, the climate of 2020 is here to get us to check ourselves a bit. You know, to be more considerate of our brothers and sisters, whether it's the black community or elderly people and immunocompromised people who might, you know, die from this virus if they catch it. I think 2020 maybe has allowed us to slow down and really connect with our family and our friends and not take things for granted and to take better care of ourselves. Maybe it's shown some people that they need to speak up more or they need to look more. They need to open their eyes and they need to realize what's working and what's not working in their lives. And I think if we shift our perspective to that, instead of pointing out all the negativity that's happened in 2020, maybe then we can salvage the rest of this year and turn it into something that can foster and be change. I feel like something we were all getting way too caught up in before 2020 is being too politically correct. And I feel like that's necessary to say right now because I feel like the reason some people are refraining from getting uncomfortable and speaking up is because they're scared that they're not going to come back from it, that they're not going to have any grace if they say the wrong thing, even with the best intentions. Because the truth is, is in a politically correct world, we ignore the intentions behind what is being said. I'm not saying that where there is error, there doesn't need to be correction. 
and um, constructive criticism. I'm just saying that negativity and cancel culture is not the way to meet somebody who slips up with good intentions. I think if we're trying to use 2020 as a really pivotal year, I think we need to realize that cancel culture doesn't leave room for mistakes or second chances or growth. And that is literally your number one duty as a human being on this earth for one life that you get is to constantly grow and constantly learn and constantly evolve and pick yourself up when you fall down. You know, learn from the mistake that you made. And when you're canceled for saying something, you don't learn. You're not receptive to what you should have said. You know, you're not receptive to the constructive criticism. Cancel culture is met with defense and denial and kind of cowardness because if somebody is canceled for saying something that maybe they didn't mean to say that way or they just really didn't have the words or the dialogue to say it the way that they should have, in a cancel culture world, they're going to escape from it and hide from it and try and get out of it through defense and denial, not by an apology, because if we don't accept an apology and accept the willingness to change, they're not going to. It's not natural for humans to not evolve and to not fail and then try and do better to succeed. That's not natural. That doesn't promote growth. That doesn't promote change, which is what we want through this Black Lives Matter movement and through, you know, the pandemic even realizing that we need to do better in our healthcare. We need to treat our healthcare professionals better. We need to treat ourselves better. We need to take better care of ourselves. I guess I've just been witnessing a lot of fear, whether that's in social media or with family and friends, because no one wants to mess up because there's a narrative that we've been telling people for a few years now that if you mess up, you can't come back from it. How does that do anybody good? No, I I get it. If the person that says something or messes up doesn't learn from their mistake and does it again, then that speaks to their character. But if it's a one-time thing, they slip up, they were uneducated, they made a mistake and they only made one mistake, guys, we need to have a little grace. I just think if someone says the wrong thing throughout this movement, our first reaction needs to be giving them a little grace and acting a little bit with compassion and not try to tear them down for being an imperfect human because we all are imperfect humans. That's what we're supposed to be. And so I'm bringing this up because I don't want any of my white friends or family members to be scared. And that's the reason that they're not speaking. And that's the reason that they're not supporting. And that's the reason that they're not using their voice to amplify the ones that are unheard. That's why they're not practicing allyship is because they don't want to misstep. I will always meet mistake and a mess up with compassion. I will always give you a little grace if you have the willingness to change your behavior. And I'm telling you this right now too, trying is way more admirable than staying silent. Trying and failing and picking yourself back up and changing and doing the right thing in the end is way more admirable than being silent. So I guess if I'm just staying true to how I want to use my platform to be a part of this movement, it's to hold my white friends and family members and listeners 
accountable and to encourage people to speak and even mess up. No one's here with all the answers. And I feel like you'd be surprised with the grace that you are met with. You know, there's always going to be people who are going to criticize you and maybe even bring more negativity than than needed or not forgive you for messing up. But there's going to be people who really care about making a change that are going to give you a little grace and allow you to prove and show your willingness to change and correct yourself because corrected behavior is learned behavior. And as long as we're learning from the mistakes that we are made, we are doing what we're supposed to be doing as human beings on this fucking planet. (laughs) Another thing I wanted to speak on is showing up when no one's looking. And I think this has to do with what I was saying earlier about You know, practicing allyship and showing your support looks so different for so many different people. And I think something that before 2020, a lot of people got caught up in is, is only doing the right thing because you can broadcast it and you can show people that you did the right thing, not because you actually want to do the right thing. You know, I'm, I'm guilty of it too. You know, I I just think it's this narrative of like take a photo of it or it didn't happen or post it on Instagram or it didn't happen. And it's like, what? Like we just, I think, I think what this whole movement has really made me realize is we need to be really careful about the language that we use and the language that we're promoting and the language that we're using in our everyday dialogue and, and the language that we're accepting pick or it didn't happen or Instagram post or it didn't happen that's not real. That's not reality. That doesn't speak to the person you are in your personal life. And if it does, ah, yikes. That's no, (laughs) that's not okay. I don't think that's how we should be, you know, functioning in every single day as a human being. You know, this is really challenging people to show up and speak their mind and do their part without the instant gratification of other people knowing. You know, it feels really good to do something good for the community and for the world and to be a part of a change when you don't have to get praised for it. And I feel like if we all do better at just being better people and doing good things and supporting movements that promote equality and promote peace and just a better future for everybody in the world, I feel like we will all become better humans because doing good will just be a habit. It won't be something that we want to do for a reward. You know, I guess I guess I just want to stress that there's value in in doing an action that's good without viewership. You know, viewership isn't everything. Do it because it feels right to you. Do it for literally any other reason than posting it on Instagram is basically what I'm trying to get at. You know, I think we need to really understand that, yeah, social media is great for spreading a message, but the real work and the real way to stimulate change, it happens in our everyday real lives, not through the phone. The phone and the computer, they're all supplemental. They, they can help you do good. But I just think that it's important to really understand that the first thing that we all need to do as white people is look inward and figure out how we can fix what's going on inside to be better and show up better in the community. And lastly, I want to practice what I preach and 
be a little vulnerable with with you guys about how I've been thinking through all of this. Again, I know it's not about me, but I feel like if I can share my thought processes and how I've been doing the work in my personal life, it might help somebody else step up and speak up and do the work. It's it's really hard for me to talk about this on a on a public scale because I don't want to say the wrong thing again, but I know that it's important and again, I'm going to practice what I preach. I think something that I've realized is that just because it's not affecting me directly, it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Same goes for the coronavirus. I feel like, you know, after the initial month, two month of quarantine where we were all really taking precautions and I was staying inside and I was doing my part, I got tired and, you know, it wasn't affecting me directly. So I, I still took precautions, but again, I feel like I just put it out of my mind because I could, you know, I went to, I went to restaurants when they opened up, I went on hikes and I went to the grocery stores more. I went and hung out with friends. I went to a small gathering. Like I did those things because I, to me, it felt like the virus didn't exist because it wasn't happening to me directly. The same goes for racism. I think a lot of what I've been unpacking is that I tend to turn a blind eye if it's not affecting me or my family members or my friends directly. And I'm sorry for that. And I want to do better at that because it sounds so obvious to say and to just know as a human being that, you know, there are things going on in the world that don't affect you, but it wasn't obvious to me. And this is, again, so hard for me to admit because I don't want to seem ignorant. I don't want to sound ignorant, but I don't think this is me sounding ignorant. I think this is me identifying my white privilege and identifying the fact that in order for us to reach a point where, where there's, there's absolute equality, we need to recognize those things in our lives. You know, we need to identify those things. We need to identify the things that seem obvious, but, you know, through implicit biases and and just being raised in a white family, a white privileged family, and just the background that I have, like, it's, it's really important to understand that so that you can understand how to help and that you can understand why you're helping. Like, oh shit. Yeah, that's why I'm helping. You know, you know, my boyfriend is obsessed with this app called World Star Hip Hop. And for years, I literally just ignored it as he was scrolling in the morning or at night and just whenever on the toilet. <laughs> I just ignored it. I never I never paid attention to any of the videos he was watching and it was all pop culture. It was all things that happened, you know, maybe pl- police brutality or um, just global issues that are going on in the world. And and I just didn't care to look because I didn't have to. And for so long, I I was confused as to why I didn't necessarily know a lot about pop culture. I didn't really know what was going on in the news or I didn't really 
know why I didn't know those things. And I didn't know why I, I had no interest in knowing those things. And it's because I don't, those struggles aren't affecting me. And that's really fucked up. It's really fucked up that I, you know, in the past I didn't, I didn't pay attention but again, this is me committing to trying and doing better. I feel like my eyes have really been open. And again, don't want to make this about me, but I feel like if you're in the same position, it's time to open your eyes. You know, we need to care about the things that aren't affecting us. We need to look even though we don't have to look. If we want to get to a point where we are an equal being, we are one and absolutely one, then everyone needs to care. Everyone needs to look. Everyone needs to do their part. I think if we look at 2020 as a monster that we really want to look away from, but we look at it instead and we stare it in the eyes and we decide that no, we're not going to be controlled by this or we're not going to let this exist then we can really, really promote some change. So I don't know. I, I encourage you all to use your voice in a way that feels the most natural to you. I encourage you all to, you know, do the work in your personal life. Don't do it for the sake of posting on social media. Don't repost things just to repost and show your support that way. You know, do what feels right to you and do the work. And I, I just encourage you guys to really look at 2020 as, as not something that sucks. I, I, I saw a girl wearing a shirt at the protest that said 2020 sucks. And yeah, that's funny. And like on the surface, sure, it sucks. But, you know, I, this is my favorite quote of all time. And it's nothing grows from, from a comfort zone. And I feel like we, we are too quick in our society in every aspect of life to deem the uncomfortable situations as sucky. And I think if we just learn to shift or we just all try and shift our perspective on that and, and look at uncomfortable situations and uncomfortable conversations and uncomfortable things that we need to real, realize about ourselves, I feel like we can really do something. We can really change. So that is all I really want to say thank you guys so much for being here and hearing me out I really hope that I don't know you guys just were inspired or it it really made you realize that you need to do some work or you need to speak up or step up I don't know I, I hope whatever you took away from this it's positive and it can help you out and it can help you find your role within this movement, this Black Lives Matter movement, because it really is a movement that takes all of us. I wanted to end on a few resources that I can provide for you. I These are things that I have really felt spoke to me, that I've felt feel the most natural for me to, in order for me to do the work and practice allyship. So again, if this doesn't resonate with you, absolutely do your own work. But I just felt like if I could share with you guys some things that have really been helping me, then maybe it can help some of you guys. So one thing I found really enlightening and educational and just really good to hear because it stimulated a lot of my own personal 
growth and personal reflections, um, Taylor Nolan's podcast, it's called let's talk about it. And the episode that I listened to was white people give that a listen. If you guys feel like that's something you really feel helps you in growing as podcasts. Um, you know, I think there's so many, so much good information on social media right now, but I feel like it can get really overwhelming when everyone's just reposting things and reposting ways that you can educate yourself and donate and petition and how you can help. And I, and I feel like that's, that's great. We should be doing that, but I just encourage everyone to take a second and maybe write down a list of, of films or books or podcasts that really jumped out at you. And instead of trying to, instead of staring at the list and being like, Oh, holy shit, that's a lot. I don't even know where to start. Just, just give yourself a minute and, and maybe dedicate, maybe dedicate yourself to doing one of those things each day, you know, doing one thing to either educate yourself or practice allyship one day instead of just staring at a list and being like, okay, where do I start? How much should I, you know, it's, it's a lot to digest. So I think, yeah, just maybe, maybe tell yourself you want to do one thing a day from that list and then go from there. Another thing that I've been doing is making an effort to not just watch everyone's Instagram stories and be bombarded with all of the information. I have really made an effort to seek out black individuals and specifically black women within the spaces that I'm particularly passionate about to kind of just understand and find new perspective and kind of get inspired on how I can promote inclusivity and just kind of include more inclusivity into my brand and my, pl- and my platform and really make sure that I'm representing all individuals and in all different walks of life through the content that I put out. So specifically, I really love poetry and writing and wellness and fashion. And I am going to share a few influencers that I've found on social media, a few black women who have just really spoke to me. And I feel like they're their platforms are really inspiring and just share a new perspective. So the first person I want to shout out is at Haley Thomas. That's H-A-I-L-E and then Thomas. She's super educational and she just promotes self-growth. And that's one of the things that I'm super passionate about is, is continuing to grow as a person, as an individual. And I just think that, you know, everything she posts on her social media, on her Instagram feed is you can learn from. And I think that's really important right now, especially. So give her a follow or go check out her page. Another person I've been loving following is Oh Happy Danny. So that's Oh Happy and then Danny D-A-N-I. So her name's Danielle Koch and she makes amazing educational and powerful artwork. So yeah, again, she's just another place where I go if I want to you know, hear the perspective of a, of a black woman or, um, learn more and do it in a way that, that resonates most with me. So I really love artwork and graphic design and, you know, aesthetically pleasing photos that, you know, you just can tell someone put a lot of work and effort into it and it's really easy to digest. So I really appreciate her platform for that. Someone I want to mention is at a dot b dot kofer c o f e r her her instagram really 
was powerful for me because something that I I just know about myself is that poetry is really impactful to me. I I can I feel like I can resonate to that more than um any other form of art really. And so she shares a really vulnerable perspective and just an eye-opening perspective on what it's like to be black in America and just other amazing poetry pieces about other aspects of life like love and and mental health and she's just she has a really raw voice and I feel like that's the kind of poetry that really hits home for me so I've been really loving reading her stuff all right you guys well that wraps up this episode I want to thank all of you guys for being here again take care of yourselves use your voice you know don't be afraid to mess up because I think you know, I think you might be surprised by the grace you receive. I just want to encourage everybody to get uncomfortable and really figure out their role and just how they can do better because I think we all need to. So thank you guys again for listening to this episode. I will see you in the next one. Bye.